Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, back at it again. Uh, we're what? It's the 11th. The draft is in, it's not next week, but the following week. So, hell, I mean, we're 15 days away, a uh, little, little under two weeks. How, how awesome is that? You know, we've been waited basically all offseason. I mean, free agency in the NFL, as we've talked about before, is a tad bit overrated. The draft is by far the number one offseason priority. Now, free agency would be a bigger deal if franchise tags didn't exist, but they do. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm just I'm fascinated with this draft. I just wrote an article today on The Athletic uh, about Nick. About I wrote last week about Nick Bosa. I wrote today about Quinn and Williams. As of today, I meant Thursday, if you listen to this Friday. You subscribe to The Athletic, you know, it gives my thoughts on them and some of my friends in the NFL's thoughts on him, and they love him. Uh, I think he's the best player in this draft, the best defensive lineman in this draft. Now, he's a tackle, but he, he's pretty special. I'm not the biggest Nick Bosa guy, but we'll, we'll get into that a little later. Uh, obviously, we always do the Middlecoff mailbag. Fire into my DMs, at John Middlecoff, my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. Easiest way to get a hold of me, but for this podcast, 3 and Out podcast, we do Middlecoff Mailbag. I know we get a lot of new listeners every week. Uh, and I answer questions. So you can ask me literally everything, anything uh, in the Middlecoff Mailbag. And I will answer it here on the podcast. Good. Solid Thursday. Been watching the Masters. Uh, I waited for it to end. God, the Masters was just absolutely fantastic today. I mean, if you don't like golf, 
I, I can't really relate to you. I, I love it. It's probably my second favorite sport beside football. And there's nothing better than the Masters. You know, maybe the Super Bowl, maybe the Final Four. Uh, so it's I, I've been dialed in. I'm recording this about 5 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. But, but I wanted to start with this. I thought Mike Mayock, this time of year, every general manager, it's mandatory that they speak. So you look around the league. I think Belichick spoke the other day. Mayock spoke Thursday. And I thought he had just a great comment that, that really got me thinking. It's something I've been thinking about anyway, just with the Raiders. And I think it parallels a lot of franchises. And, and it honestly... It doesn't relate to a lot of the good ones necessarily. I think there's a balance in every building. And and in our building, I think John will roll the dice a little more, and I think I'm a little more conservative. And uh, I think that's a good balance. You know, we bounce that off ourselves all the time. Uh, We have some spirited meetings with uh, the coaching staff where they're banging the table for a kid, and I might say he's got way too many red flags. I don't even want to consider him at that spot. And, And then we get into it. So uh, I think that's healthy, and I think everybody that I've ever talked to that's sat in this chair uh, has talked about the same thing, healthy discourse between the coaches, the scouts, and, and trying to come to those kinds of agreements on those kinds of players. No, I think There's no question for me that your coach is always going to be the highest paid guy in the organization. But if you look at any business – in corporate America, right, they have the CEOs, and all these CEOs, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Google, wherever, any of these major companies, Netflix, just make an ungodly amount of money, right? Well, it's funny, is my accountant works in downtown San Francisco, and I'm probably his poorest client. Now, I'm pretty confident I am his poorest client, and I'll just ask him questions like, what kind of money do some of these guys make? And he'll tell you stories like, yeah, I got this guy at Google. He's got a W-2 of like $20 million. And again, I don't live in necessarily a normal area. We have outlier executives. But when you hear some of these stories about, yeah, the CFO of so-and-so company, I mean, he won't necessarily give me exactly who it is. But yeah, his W-2s you know, before bonuses are $19 million, $23 million. These people in Silicon Valley make athlete money. But they're not even the CEO of the company. But these companies rely on that person. And if you've ever listened to a CEO talk, there's a reason they have COOs and CFOs. Chief Operating Officer, Chief chief Financial Officer, Chief Marketing Officer. You hire those guys to do a job. And in a big company, yeah, your CEO might make just stupid money, right? 50, 60 million, whatever. Roger Goodell, $50 million. His right-hand guy is still making good cash. And you depend on him. And like Mayock said, to me, talked about the discourse and healthy discourse. To me, there is no growth in any high-level business, and that's what a NFL team is, without a little confrontation. Like, confrontation is healthy. The PC America would tell you, no, everyone be nice to each other. Let's all hold hands and kumbaya. And as Tom Izzo would say, good luck getting bounced in the tournament playing that way. But... To me, the scariest thing about John Gruden and Mike Mayock, most of us, if you listen to this podcast, you clearly follow the NFL. Mike Mayock's really smart. And we've all seen his work for the last 15 years. Been very transparent. He's, for the most part, he's nailed a lot of the guys. I I think he is an excellent evaluator. And John, and even when he was hired, he said, you know what? This is a coach-driven organization. John is the boss. He said it again today. And the thing that makes me nervous for my Raider fan friends 
is that Mike Mayock, like the thing, every CEO in the country is not good at everything, but they are. there's a reason they're a CEO, and usually if they're a successful CEO, they're probably a good decision maker, or whatever, whatever their strength is. But they also have weaknesses. So usually when you have weaknesses, you put people around you that can make up for that. And that's that person's strength. Well, Mike Mayock's strength is going to be the draft. And the thing that would terrify me, and the Raiders to me are one of the great, I mean, they're in one of the most unique situations we've ever seen, that we've ever seen. They have three first round picks. They have four picks in the top 35. I don't ever remember that happening, going into the draft. You might have to do some research. I don't think it's ever happened. Now, there have been teams, I remember several years ago, the Minnesota Vikings picked three players in the first round. Uh, I think Anthony Barr, Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, Floyd, the defensive tackle from Florida that ended up messing up his knee. He's kind of out of the league. I think he's actually suing the Vikings. But they traded back into the first round. To me, this situation for the Raiders, one of the reasons they have two first-rounders is because, one, they traded away, if we'd say Aaron Donald's the best player in the league, non-quarterback, Khalil Mack, what's he, the second-best player in the league? They traded away the second-best player in the league. So that's one of the reasons you got him. And then Amari Cooper, who, flawed player, but you still drafted him fourth overall. And Mayock, as people, like, when Mayock first got the job, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Then I started texting my buddies, because when I worked in Philly, Mayock worked in Jersey, he used to come through Philly, how he used to, back before iPads and stuff, what's crazy is, iPads haven't been around that long. My last year in the league in 13, that's when iPads came into the NFL. So the first couple years, a guy like Mike Mayock, he wanted to watch film, he'd either have to go to NFL Films or come into the actual Eagles building where we had all the film, and then he'd watch it. So a lot of guys on that staff knew Mike pretty well. And they said, you know what? He's not going to take much BS. And from what I've heard, he stood his ground on several times with Gruden. And and from the information that I have, took the right stance. But Gruden overruled him. So I, I never understand what is the point in in saying someone's your general manager. We, we John, we know you have the power. You make all the money. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't empower this guy. Pete Carroll makes more money than John Schneider. John Schneider picks the players. Andy Reid makes way more money than Brett Veach. Brett Veach now picks the players in Kansas City. Those two franchises are extremely healthy. John Gruden, out of probably all the coaches in the NFL, now some of these younger guys I don't know anything about, LaFleurs and whatever, I can't even speak to their ability to evaluate players. But I know for a fact, like I have information, John Gruden is a terrible evaluator. And I always find it funny on like Twitter when you go like John Gruden cannot pick players they're like oh he knows way more football than you yeah coaches know a lot of football but there's a reason that a ton of coaches are not allowed to draft players they do not look at it like a guy a personnel person like myself would GMs even like some of the fans they can't see sometimes the forest before the trees trees before the forest I might have screwed up that analogy but my point they can't see the big picture they, they, they think so short-term because, in fairness to them, they're kind of living short-term. But Mayock, who could really help Gruden and who likes fighting, who likes being aggressive, one of the reasons Gruden ran all over uh, ran all over Reggie McKenzie. He's perfect for him. But you got to listen to him. And he's banging the table for players, and he's telling you, hey, listen, the thing that I, I heard this story probably two months ago, Chip Kelly, one draft, I think it was like Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Adams, Jarvis Landry. I'm pretty sure all these guys were in the same draft. Chip had taken all these guys off the board. 
whether it was character, whether he didn't think they could play, for whatever reason. And my buddy a while back was like, you should have seen our do not draft board. It was basically like the 2017 Pro Bowl. Chip, who's probably worse than Gruden, had, for this quote-unquote super sharp guy, knew nothing about value and understanding, hey, listen, you can take this guy in the second round. You don't need to take him in the first round. He's like, I'd take Jordan Matthews in the top 10. You would? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And some of these coaches, they, they would do that. Like, if you just gave John Gruden full reign, he'll do what he did last year. He'll draft Arden Key, who stinks. P.J. Hall, who looks like an undrafted free agent. Brandon Parker, that was going to get Derek Carr killed. Those were three picks, one in the second round and two others in the third round. You cannot let, I mean, he can let himself do whatever he wants because he has absolute power. But if he's smart, he has to think like any empowered CEO. You have to trust your people. You do have to trust your, there's a reason you hired Mike Mayock. And he's uniquely qualified for this job. Now, he's never done it, but we have, like, there's a lot of transparent information. I know what he's thought about players for the last decade. I know that he thought Khalil Mack was the best player in that draft several years ago. He I, he was an outlier on that. Everyone's like, you got to take Clowney. He's like, no, I take Khalil Mack one. Everyone's like, Mike, you're an idiot. Well, five years later, turns out actually Clowney's pretty good too. But he was right. And, and that was... Uh, that was a tough thing to say. And he's a guy with balls. He's a guy with conviction. But if Gruden doesn't listen to him, this great situation in this opportunity with pick four, pick 24, and 27, is Gruden going to be picking the wrong players? That's where if I was another NFL team, I would actually be kind of glad that knowing that Gruden's probably not going to listen to this guy and the wrong players are going to come off the board. If he does listen to Mike... And a guy that's going to have conviction, a guy that's going to believe, just like any good you know executive that's not the CEO in a major company does, then they could be really successful. Talking to a guy in the NFL, uh, probably I think it was actually earlier this week, he's like, actually, when you look at the Raiders offseason, they added Antonio Brown, if he can just keep his shit together. Tyrell Williams is a good player. They got rid of Brandon Parker and Trent Brown. If they crush this draft... Again, when I say crush the draft, if you just if they hit on three of the four picks in the top 35, even if they missed on four, let's say they took Rashawn Gary and he's, and he's just not any good as a rookie. Well, if they hit on two players in the 20s and then pick 35, get like three legit starters, that's a lot. You know, if you think about it, most teams are dying to land three starters in a draft if you have seven or eight picks. Just get three starters. The difference is if you're drafting in the top 35, you're not just getting starters. If they are start, you're getting potential impact players. But I, I have zero faith on him doing a good job because I don't think he'll listen to Mayock. And I've already heard some sources or some stories from sources that like, yeah, they're already button heads and Mayock feels like he's not listening to anything he's saying. because And Mayock knew what he was getting into. And people are like, everyone... I get this on Twitter a lot. He knew what he signed up for. Yeah, but you also think like, listen, we're, we're both grown-ups here. He's, why wouldn't he listen to me? He's paying me whatever they're paying me, a couple million bucks a year. Why wouldn't he listen to me what my expertise is? Like, I do this well. And some people are just so stubborn, whether it's whether it's ego, whether it's just an inability. I, I really think with most guys, just ego. It's just ego and power hungry, and I think Gruden has a lot of that. Uh, but I'm really fascinated in the way this draft's going to go for the Raiders because I, I, I don't think at the end of the day he's going to listen to anything Mike says. Let me tell you about my friends at Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, 
ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Other brokerages charge you up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum. We've all dealt with it before. You have to put a certain amount in there to hit you know, entry-level investing. That's not the case here. Simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of my podcast, 3 and Out, a free stock like Apple, Ford, Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at Middlecoff. That's M I D D L E K A U F dot Robinhood dot com. Okay, let's get into uh, the top half of this draft. And I, I think right now, Kyler Murray's kind of the outlier. It's kind of weird. Josh Rosen has not been traded, but I, I do get. I, I actually heard some rumblings, some rumblings, and I heard this rumbling in the fall that the Arizona Cardinal, that Steve Kime was going to get fired, and then he didn't, and then he hired Cliff Kingsbury. But I know there's some rumblings out there right now. Again, I, I don't know how substantial they are that that group, Steve Kime and his scouts, might be in trouble. Now, I, I didn't necessarily, it almost seems far-fetched because, well, what's Cliff Kingsbury going to do? He needs a good GM. But... I do think there's a reason that they hadn't traded Josh Rosen yet. I do think there is pressure right now coming from the owner whose franchise just got embarrassed for the last year to get a first-round pick for Josh Rosen, and it doesn't feel like they're going to, so they're almost holding out hope. But at the end of the day, I do think Josh Rosen gets traded, and I do think Kyler Murray's on the team. Well, and I've been saying this for a while. It feels like a Bay Area podcast I'm doing, but... It's what happens when you, your two teams draft really high and stink around this time of year. Is that whoever John Lynch takes with the number two overall pick, assuming Kyler Murray goes one, will immediately tell you who they viewed as the best player in the draft. Now, that guy isn't necessarily going to be the best player in the draft. I mean, the best player in the draft, or even you know the best defensive lineman of this group, could be Sweat, could be Rashawn Gary, could be Quinn Williams, could be whoever. But whoever he takes it to will tell you who he viewed as the top dog. And I wrote an article yesterday for The Athletic. If you're listening on Friday, it came out on Thursday. So yeah, yesterday, I actually wrote it three days ago. But I said that Quinn and Williams, in my philosophy when you're taking in the top five, I'm not trying to hit doubles. I'm swinging for the fences. Because I would rather strike out in a draft situation than just hit a single. Like I, I, I watched what the Niners did with... Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas is never going to make a Pro Bowl. Never going to sniff a Pro Bowl. But he's got to play in the league for like 9, 10 years. If Solomon Thomas was like a fifth, fourth round pick, no one would be saying shit. Everyone would be like, God, that's a good find late in the draft. But they took him third overall. Now, he was a low ceiling guy, but it felt like he had a high floor. Well, it turns out his floor is not even that high. And that's the risky part about just trying to hit a double. Is you're thinking, I'm taking a low Floor, it's like it's like an investment. You can think you're making a good investment. And I, I played in this golf skins game the other day 
with this guy that built these condos that thought he was going to be he it was like 16 units and he's only sold six of them and he thought he was going to have all 16 sold he thought it was the easiest deal he'd ever done he thought he'd have them all sold a year ago and now he can't get the other 10 off his hands and it just shows you anytime in anything in life and anyone will tell you this in any walk of life there are no sure things whether it's players whether it's investments whether it's relationships, whether it's anything. So when you look at the top five in the draft, if you're drafting like the 49ers at number two, I am taking the guy that I believe has the highest ceiling because it would be easy to justify Nick Bosa, and I wrote this in the article. I think he's a really good player, and I think he's ready-made. I think he can come in, get you nine, ten sacks. But I don't, I don't think he's as good as his brother, and his brother's fantastic. His brother was a better college player than him. And I compared him to the last group of players. Miles Garrett's ceiling, clearly much higher. You know, the Von Millers, the Khalil Max, the Clownies, those guys are in a different class. I would put closer to the Bradley Chubb mold. And Bradley Chubb, probably a better player. I actually think if I had to rank him, I would have taken Bradley over Nick Bosa. And Bradley had 12 sacks. Now, I don't ever think Bradley Chubb, I would, for the next 10 years, I'll take Miles Garrett. I guess 10 would be long for a defensive lineman. Next six years, I'd rather have Miles Garrett than Bradley Chubb. I'm taking the guy just with the higher ceiling. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Bradley Chubb's going to be the, or Miles Garrett will be, have a better career than Bradley Chubb. But I am swinging for the fences. I'm trying to hit a Bryce Harper grand slam. And to me in this draft, if I'm the 49ers, or if the Niners are willing to trade the pick, it's not even a question. I haven't really studied Josh Allen, but just from talking to the people I trust the most in the league, I, I feel pretty confident that Quentin Williams, of these top three guys, has the highest ceiling. He's been a one-year starter, and you go, why do you only start one year? I don't know, this guy, Deron Payne, that went 13 in the draft last year, was starting above him. Sometimes at Alabama, it's really difficult to crack the starting lineup because the guy above you, it's not like, ah, that dude's selling insurance now. No, those type guys usually go in the top 20. So the guy above you was a lock first-round pick. But then when he got his chance, like he's a better player than Deron Payne, and that's why he's going pro. But I, I, I think to me, like just comparing him, now him and Bosa play different positions. But any good drafter will tell you, you can't worry about that crap. That's what coaches worry about. Take the best player available. And it's easy to say that not a lot of people live by it. Because coaches do not live by it. They like to fill needs. And when you fill needs, you get in trouble. When it's a situation where... Yeah, you already got D Ford. You get Williams or Bosa, you're getting pressure. And the thing I wrote in that article, and I was tipped off by a friend, and I think we've all been talking about this, and I've been thinking about this for a while. It's easier to get interior pressure right now than it is you know, outside pressure from the sense that the tackles in this league actually aren't that terrible on the whole. The guards and centers, for the most part, are average to below. Whoever you are listening to this, you know, I know there's fans of literally every team. For the most part, I bet you go, yeah, we got a center's okay, but our guards stink. Or yeah, we got one good guard, but our other center and guards suck. That's usually the way it is. That's why Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, Chris Jones, DeForest Buckner last year on the Niners played on a team with no other good defensive linemen. Solomon Thomas stunk. Eric Armstead got hurt. Uh, Cassius Marsh, you know, was their best pass rusher. Cassius Marsh. Yeah, most of you guys have never heard of him. And he dominated. Because most of the guards he's facing on a weekly basis stink. So if you can get Quinn and Williams to go with D. Ford and DeForest Buckner, who's already a fringe pro bowler, and you get D. Ford, a double-digit sack guy, ooh, how do you block Quinn and Williams and DeForest Buckner? 
I don't know. The other thing about Quinn and Williams, a lot of people compare him to Warren Sapp. Like he's that type, gets on guys' angles, his quickness, his just instincts for making plays in the backfield. I'm just not passing on Warren Sapp for, you know, I'm not going to call Nick Bosa an overachiever because he's not. He's a really good player. But I I just don't see some perennial pro bowler. I I definitely don't see some elite all-pro. Quinton Williams can be an all-pro. And again, I think if you stick by the philosophy, not just the best player available, but if you have the guys stacked the same, like I I view Nick Bosa and Quinton Williams, let's say I view them as the same level prospect. you got to take the guy with the higher ceiling. If you consistently do that, because you're going to miss no matter what, but if you when you hit on the guy with the higher ceiling, sky's the limit. I mean, you get all pros. You get all pros. So if I was the Niners and I was John Lynch, again, assuming Kyler Murray goes first, which I think is safe to assume, I'm taking the big fellow from Alabama. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7... U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, Roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? 
LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's get to the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. You slide up in those DMs and then I answer your questions here up on the podcast. John, I'm from Ireland and a big Colts fan. In reference to the PI and the reviewable challenges changes, in rugby, when a wrong decision is made, the television match official, so there's, you know, I guess if you had a a rules official in the TV crew, is in the ear of the ref and points it out. This is normally if it's an obvious penalty. Would this not be a better option instead of adding more delays, challenges to the game process of a ref going to a TV booth? Uh, that's interesting. Baseball kind of does something like this. They get back with the league office. I, I guess football does the same thing. I don't know if it's that realistic. I, I do think you kind of have to stop the game because what if, and, and we see this a lot, seems like Sterator is right, but some of the other rules officials in the TV booth have been wrong. Uh, I forget the one guy's name, but he was on... Uh, yeah, I think the dude was on Monday Night Football. Whoever the old guy was on Monday Night Football was terrible. Consistently wrong. I, I just don't think the standard, maybe that works in Ireland. Maybe rugby. I, I don't know enough about rugby penalties. Maybe they're a little more black and white in football. And it's it's going to be a problem this fall. Is They're going to be really, really subjective. They're going to be a lot like NBA fouls where you could reverse it, you could keep it. I think it would be difficult, and I think just as a football fan, uh, and I my, I don't no longer really have a team anymore, but because I gamble, I root for certain teams, I would be incensed if the team I was gambling on, that happened, and instead of the coach being able to review it or challenge or whatever, the TV booth, whoever was in the, you know, the, the referee on the set, was in charge of giving it like a thumbs up or thumbs down. Like, I wouldn't be cool with that. And I don't think the league would either. Has Dak already earned his contract extension or does he need to engineer a deep playoff run this season? Depending on how that goes, does Jerry keep an eye on the quarterbacks in next year's draft? The, the thing about football, you know, probably, I, I guess the other sports are like this too, but in football you evaluate every position every year basically to the max. So I, I think you're always locked in. Your area scouts or whoever is, you know, if you're going into Clemson, you're going into Alabama, just because you have a uh, quarterback does not mean that you're not evaluating those positions. So that that's never a worry. To me, Dak, to earn it, he just needs to play well. You know, if they win 9, 10 games and they're competing for a wild card, I, I got no problem paying him. But if, if he plays poorly and the, the team is just good, like on paper, they're a playoff team. If he's just solid, they should be in the playoffs. And so if he's just solid, I got no problem paying him. At least decent money. I'm not paying Dak Prescott historic cash. Really, unless he makes a legit, gets me to the Super Bowl. Maybe if he gets me to the a- NFC Championship game, I'd think about it. Even then, unless he takes a huge step, 
I'm not in the pay Dak big money no matter what. He just doesn't have the physical skills to be an Aaron Rodgers, to be a Russell Wilson. But if he wins and keeps playing kind of like he has, he needs to be a little better earlier in games. I, I think his my favorite attribute about him is that he's good late in games. When you're like, God, it's kind of nut-cutting time. That's when Dak is really under control and plays his best football. But to be an 11-12 win team this next year, he has to have more games where he plays well in the first and second quarter, not just in the second half. He's got to start hitting some of the deep balls. And yeah, I mean, I at the end of the day, if they don't pay him this offseason, I, I would expect they're rooting. Not Obviously, they'd be rooting for him, but expecting him to make a deep playoff run to get paid. Hey, hey John, big Falcons fan. What do you think they should do this offseason to make another playoff run? One, they got to get healthy. I, I thought last year they were a playoff-level team, and the injuries just decimated their defense. I mean, their defense was absolutely decimated. One thing I was thinking, you know, it's kind of the elephant in the room right now. Are the Texans going to trade Clowney? If you're the Falcons, could you double down and maybe trade your first-round pick for Clowney? The problem is for them, I'd have to look at the draft order. What are they drafting, the late teens, mid-teens? I mean, they didn't have a very good season. Well, they went five or six games. Are they drafting the top ten? So maybe, never mind on that one, actually. Uh I have to look what they're drafting, but it's not as low as I thought. So you probably wouldn't trade for Clowney. You just draft a guy, Ed Oliver, someone like that, and you just get let your guys come back on defense. Because on offense, you got Matty Ice. Say what you want about Matty Ice. He's fine when you got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Like, they got players. Devontae Freeman should be healthy. They lost to Evan Coleman to the Niners, but backup running backs are replaceable. Yeah, I, I, I think the Falcons will be a bounce-back team for sure. I seem to be one of the few fans that actually liked and appreciated Tannehill. Sad to see him go. Do you think the Dolphins are planning for an off year in hopes of drafting Tua in 2020? I'm with you. When Tannehill played, he was solid. The problem with Tannehill, and I think why Miami had to move on, you can hold on to a guy like Tannehill for 10 years. Because he has these moments, you're like, how do we ever upgrade? You win some games when he's there, and then he gets hurt. And then he comes back, and he does the same thing, and then he gets hurt. Then he comes back, and he does the same thing, then he gets hurt. You just can't depend on him. I, I I think Tannehill's better than a lot of us thought that he would ever be when he was healthy, like what he became those first couple years with with Adam Gase, really what he was doing before he got hurt that first time when they made the playoffs and Matt Moore came in. To me, though, you, you just when you get a guy like that and he's kind of like a poor man's version of what Sam Bradford was, they just tease you and, and tease you. It's like, you know, we've all, any guys, experienced that with girls. Like, it's just teasing. Eventually, you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And I, I think that's what their ultimate decision was with Tannehill. Like, I, I'm over this tease. I, I can't do it anymore. I got to take the sunk cost and just move on. On the flip side, I think it's a good move for Tennessee getting him as the backup quarterback. If, he's your, if Ryan Tannehill is your backup quarterback, you're in pretty good shape. <clears throat> I'm thinking about it right now. He's the best backup quarterback in the NFL. Now that Foles isn't a backup quarterback, I mean, who's, who has a better backup quarterback than Ryan Tannehill? And the great thing about it, he doesn't even have to play, right? But Hell, but if Marcus Mariota's struggling or gets hurt, maybe he does play. First, can I get a fallback? Eh, don't ask for fallbacks. Second, what is the percentage that Kyler Murray going to the Rams? Zero. No chance. Like, None. Absolutely none. He's going to go to the Cardinals. You know, I'm 
not a big fan when you go fall back. Like, if you do good stuff and you're entertaining on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, I'll follow you. You know, I'm, I'm open-minded. I, I don't, you don't just have to have, be Kim Kardashian or Peter King or Colin to get a follow. You know, I, I follow, I follow the people. If you're, if your shit's good, you know, you gotta be creative. Hey, John, big fan over here in the UK. God, we got a lot of international listeners. Colin must have a big following in the UK. Do you think the NFL will ever change kickoff times for Sunday games to make them more UK and European friendly? No. Zero chance. Their bread and butter is America. So, to me, the entire television schedule, they don't even care about me living in California. They care about one consumer, and that's the Eastern time zone. And maybe the Central time zone, too, like Dallas, Chicago. They care about the Eastern seaboard, and a couple of the major cities, Chicago, the Packers brand, and the Cowboys. They they, they put the Niners and Raiders and Seattle, they, they don't care at all. They care about when's the Cowboy game, when's the Giants game, when's the D.C., when's Philly, when when's the Steelers, and the Patriots, even the Jets. Like, those are enormous markets. So, yeah, I don't think they'll ever build it around the U.K. When is the U.K.? So, they are ahead of us. So I guess that one, the early, early morning game that happens for me, like out west, the 6.30 kickoff, which is a 9.30 Eastern kickoff, which is actually a what, a, a 12.30 UK kickoff. It's kind of cool for you guys. I guess you get that once a year out of six, 17 weeks. Do you think there's a possibility of the Cowboys getting in on the Josh Rosen market and moving off Dak Prescott to avoid the big contract? I actually haven't heard this from anyone, but that's kind of genius. Here's the problem. The Cowboys don't have a first-round pick. They have a second-round pick, but would you give up a second-round pick when you already have Dak Prescott, who's better than Josh Rosen right now? And also, where I stand on Dak, you don't have to pay him right now. So this year, I don't know exactly what he's making, but he's making like eight hundred grand. He's not making any money. Josh Rosen's making more money this year than Dak. Now, obviously, you don't have to pay Josh Rosen, Maybe ever, but definitely not for several years. Where Dak, it's really this offseason or next offseason. Even if you, I mean, if you franchise him, it's still a lot of cash. $25, $26 million, whatever the franchise tag would be. Hell, it might even be more than that, given what the average salaries are and how they're going up. Not the craziest of ideas, I'll I'll give you that. I, I just, that is very, very risky. And I like Josh Rosen, but I know for a fact I can make the playoffs with Dak Prescott. With my team being good, I do not know that if that's Josh Rosen at all. Like, there is a chance that Josh Rosen's just not good. And you put him on the Cowboys, and he stinks. Though, I actually think he'd be pretty good. Their defense is good. He's got Zeke. Jason Witten's back. You got Amari. You got Gallup. Maybe they draft a couple offensive skill guys this draft. Yeah, it's, it, it's actually not that crazy. I, I like where your head's at. Looked into Bosa's dad. And why his career ended. And he was quoted as saying he blew up both of his knees. Joey has missed 13 games in three years. And Nick, as we know, has missed more than half the season this year. Also towards ACL his senior year in college. Is this a concern that he's still a top three pick considering the whole family is riddled with injuries? 1,000%. To me, I, I wrote this in the article on Bosa Williams. Is that Nick Bosa is benefiting from Joey's success. And that's not a bad thing. Like, part of Nick, one of Nick's positive is this lineage that he comes from. Dad played in the NFL. In a draft room, that's important. You know, 
This guy's been around it his whole life. It's like when you hire a coach. Well, this guy's dad was a coach. They, they just think a little differently. So his lineage and his last name are important. Then his brother is not just a good player. He's a dominant player. So you go, that works in his favor. You go, well, a lot of people thought Joey wasn't going to be that great of an NFL player, and he's exceeded everyone's expectation. So Nick, who actually physically is very similar to him, he's getting kind of like propped up based on that. But I also think you have to look at on the flip side, you go, like you said, his dad's career washed out because he blew out knees. His brother has had some weird injuries, a foot, a knee, a hammy, just kind of been an injury problem. I don't think he's as good as his brother. Whatever Nick Bosa's medical check was, you had to check his knee because he tore his ACL and the sports hernia that he had this year. I, I got to rely on my doctors. That's the thing. If you're John Lynch or Mike Mayock or Mike McCagnin or any of these guys, you're not a doctor. You're a foot. You're you're a glorified. I mean, you are a scout. You're more of a glorified manager. You know, being the general manager, dealing with a lot of stuff. But you, you do not know anything about medical stuff. So you are very reliant. And the great part is, if you're the 49ers or the Giants, I mean, you got like the Stanford medical team. If you're the if you're the Jets, you know, you got the best doctors in New York. So you you, you got to rely on those guys. It's it's the one thing in football where you can go gut. You know, this guy's going to be okay. If the doctor, and this is where I always kind of supported Trent Baalke, he took all those ACL guys. Well, the Stanford medical team that the 49ers employ told him that all those guys were going to bounce back. I mean, what Trent Baalke supposed to say? No, man, I know you got a Harvard medical degree and you've worked at, you know, Stanford Hospital for 20 years, but I think this guy's never going to bounce back. You are very dependent on your doctors when it comes to injuries. So if the doctors go, you know what? I think Nick Bosa, if you look at his family's medical history, which I'm sure came up in the doctor's meeting, go, you know, I'm not quite that comfortable. Then as a general manager, you better not be comfortable either. But if the guy gives you the full bill of health and says, you know what? He's fine. You got to just kind of think he's going to be fine. Last weekend, I bet my buddy $100 the Raiders would win five or less games. Six is a push. And the fact that... And after the fact, I checked and Vegas has them at six and a half wins. Not going to lie, there may have been a little alcohol and shit talking involved. Been there. Do you think I'm going to be $100 richer fine January? come January? Well, I think here's the thing with the Raiders. They've had a, I mean, they have added a lot of talent. Antonio Brown, he's nuts, but he is an unreal player. Trent Brown is a massive upgrade for them. Tyrell Williams is a really good, like, two, three wide receiver. Their defense is shitty, but they have all these draft picks. After the draft, their team could be much improved. Now, if Derek doesn't play well, and I thought last year he was average for most of the season and some games below average. Now, he had a couple moments. But if Derek, if Derek's good with all this increased talent and they hit on a bunch of draft picks, yeah, they could win seven or eight games. But if Antonio Brown gets off the rails and he starts throwing shit at John Gruden and they miss on some draft picks... You'll be $100 richer. That's, I mean, $100, bucks, who cares? I, I, I like that bet. As a Titans fan, the mock drafts are all over the place. Analysts have us anything between a tackle, a wide receiver, a tight end, a linebacker, a defensive lineman. What do you think is our biggest need to shore up in the first round? Well, I haven't been there at practice last year. The, the kid they drafted from Boston College, Harold Landry, they, they got a good defensive line. To me, their young front seven is good. 
Their corners, little hit or miss, but they paid Malcolm Butler a lot of money. He's just, he's going to play. And obviously, Adoree Jackson, they drafted in the first round. He's going to play. They drafted Corey Davis, who actually showed some signs of life, but he's really the only wide receiver they got. Could they justify a Nikhil Harry, you know, an A.J. Brown, a Keem Butler, something like that in the first round? I do think so. The other thing is last year, was it last year Delaney got hurt? I think it was last year or two years ago. Yeah, it was last year because Delaney went out and it kind of messes them up. The problem with Delaney is he's their best receiving option, but he's an older player. So I, I think tight end, to me, wide receiver or tight end feel very realistic. And I, I might even lead tight end because you need Marcus Mariota, who's not this explosive thrower of the football, get him a tight end. So if you got to draft Noah Fant, who's kind of a Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz type, you know, he's not a blocker, but who cares? I, I love this. Well, these tight ends can't block. Don't ask them to block. Put them in the slot. Who's going to cover a six foot four guy that runs a four five forty? I'll tell you, nobody. That's why Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz dominate because Ertz definitely can't block. Kelsey's okay. I mean, he tries kinda, but they no, they can't cover him. That, that's all I care about. Okay, talking to some relatives in the Jacksonville area that rely on me for sports info. What is their biggest need in the draft? Any thoughts on TJ Hawkinson or Ed Oliver? Who cares, though? It's Jacksonville. Well, they got Foles. Their wide receivers, Allen Robinson left, right, last year in Chicago. Marquise Lee tore his knee. They don't really have a tight end. Mercedes Lewis is gone now. So they need an offensive playmaker. As of the recording of this earlier today, Leonard Fournette, Got arrested for driving with a suspended license after a traffic stop. I, I didn't really read much of the info. All I know is that he got arrested. He's already been in some trouble. That's not good. That's a problem. You're not going to take a running back again in the first round. But I, I, I think clearly they still have a bunch of players on defense, even after cutting Malik Jackson. They still got Calais Campbell. They still got, I guess Dante Fowler's not on the team anymore. But they got the other dude. I can't even say his name, but he had a bunch of sacks a couple years ago. Good player. The linebackers are solid. Still got the two corners. I, I, I would go wide receiver or tight end for sure. But you're right. Who cares Jacksonville? The other thing is, think about Jacksonville. How good is that division? The Colts are stacked. Texans are damn good. And, you know, the Titans are solid. I, I mean, I, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are the third, fourth best team in that division. Unless Nick Foles can just really strike some Nick Foles magic this year, it's going to be really hard. Okay, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the Masters, go Tiger, we're close to the draft, thank God, because I, I'm ready, you know, I, I like these hypotheticals, I'm ready for some actual picks, I'm ready for some actual players, let's do this, see you next week, John Middlecoff, three and out, tell all your buddies, tell all your friends, appreciate you listening, peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 